0: Love talk Radio. Welcome back, you health renaissance people. Today it's kind of exciting. Okay? I met a totally cool couple uh, this past weekend. They're pretty famous. And um, I, I, I told them about how the heart works in a couple of neat things that I think is, is pretty exciting. So we're going to talk about cardiac arrhythmias. Uh, Now, everybody's got a heart, you know, and I know what you're thinking. Politicians, really? Um, No, 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 they do have a heart. Don't think they use it, but they do have it. So let's go over cardiac arrhythmias. Now, the second half, the censored portion, we're going to talk more about the effects of having nanoparticles injected into you and having your body produce a foreign spike protein that it's never produced with no long-term safety studies, to see if that's a good idea or not a good idea. All of this will be played uh, live tonight on the Dr. B. VIP site, and I appreciate you supporting us there. It's drbvip.com. Hugely important that we get this information out while we still have a platform, um, because the ministry is truth. I'm telling you, they're coming down hard with censorship and also go to the Extreme Health Academy. Uh, I did a two and a half hour seminar, or webinar, and I do that every month. So if you want access to that, you're gonna see some brilliant questions. And on there, there's a lot of brilliant doctors. Who's got, um, Justin and Kate are exceptional. So let's look at the heart. Your heart actually has four chambers, and it's a pump kind of, it initiates the blood flow. Now, the arteries in your system all constrict and dilate, so the arteries really help with that pumping aspect. Now, we're going to look at the electrical conductivity of the heart, and there's a couple of nodes in there. One, you have an automatic nervous system. Now, this automatic nervous system has two parts to it one part is called parasympathetic the other part is called sympathetic now the heart has two nerve supplies the sympathetic comes out of the top of the rib cage area t1 through t4 and the parasympathetic supply comes out of the base of the brain okay literally at the at right where it exits the skull and that is the cardiac and the respiratory center so, now, it's interesting because the p- pacemaker of the heart is like the parasympathetic. Mm-hmm. This this is like the diesel engine, the part that never quits. The sympathetic is used for fight or flight, so that jumps the heart rate up and down, and only used for, like, emergencies or when you're running away from danger or running towards. Uh, now, the way the heart works, though, you have this initiator, so it's either going to be the parasympathetic or sympathetic. And that goes to the SA node, okay? It's called the sinoatrial node. Now, it goes down to the AV node. Now, the AV node, atrial ventricle node, slows down the electrical impulse of the heart. Because think of this, you got the the chambers on the top called atrium. When they contract, the blood flows from the atrium into the ventricles on the bottom of the heart. Now, it takes a second, because it's not, and that's why, you don't hear bup, 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 you know here's your heart. it goes boom 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 boom, boom boom, okay and that's the pretty much resting rhythm of a heart, that space in between the other initiator because what you're listening to when you're listening to the heart, you're actually listening to the valves close. and there's um, a tricuspid valve in between the atrium and ventricle on the right side. There's a bicuspid valve on the left hand side. So the heart, then that's what you're actually listening to you hear, when you hear the dunk, dunk, that, that is the valve slamming together. And you also have valves on the top of the aorta when it leaves. Now, uh, when, when you're looking at this, so you need that FA node, and that's the pacemaker of the heart. What doctors forget is that the heart sends a signal to the atrial node, the sinoatrial node. And then that really is the pacemaker of the heart. And so the electrical activity goes from the sympathetic or parasympathetic to the SA node located inside of the heart. This goes to the AV node, which slows down the electrical impulse. Then it goes to the bundle of his, then these Purkinje fibers, bam, then it fires off. Okay, And and that's where you get the contractions. Now there's also a sensor. Inside of the neck, and that you right where the carotids come off out of the heart and split, they go into internal and external carotid. There's a chemoreceptor which is sensing carbon dioxide, and there's a baroreceptor sensing pressure. So you've got sensors in the neck that sense, you know, if if carbon dioxide levels are high, increase the heart rate and rhythm to get the carbon dioxide levels down low. If carbon dioxide levels are low, because carbon dioxide is an acid, it's going to, to raise that up by slowing down the heart rate. So CO2 or carbon dioxide is used as a regulator to balance the pH, because the pH of your blood should be 7.35 to 7.45. So I mean, it's, it's really, really narrow range, and the body uses that. Uh, now, when we look at, uh, so if there is, you know, and just think of this, so that means the heart is tied into lung function, and the heart is tied into sympathetic and parasympathetic activity coming from the neck and coming from the upper thoracic area. Now, according to the uh, Mayo Clinic, a cardiac arrhythmia is a heart problem that occurs when the electrical impulses that coordinate your heartbeat don't work properly causing your heart to be too fast or too slow. You know, it's, it's interesting, because knowing that we have sensors in our neck that control it, we've got carbon dioxide that controls it, so does that mean that diaphragmatic function, neck issues? But let's go on to the Mayo Clinic. They say symptoms of cardiac arrhythmias, maybe a fluttering in your chest, racing heart rate, slow heart rate, shortness of breath, lightheaded, dizziness, sweating, fainting. Yeah, because you're not getting enough oxygen. Um, Now, what causes it, and this is interesting, Uh, according to the Mayo Clinic, uh, scarring of tissue from a heart attack, um, changes in your heart structure, such as cardiomyopathy, blocked arteries, high blood pressure, thyroid issues, smoking, drinking, uh, drug abuse, stress, certain medications, diabetes, genetics. It's interesting because I'm totally disagreement with some of those. Okay, but let's look at the off button. Okay, now you've always heard that stress kills. Okay, and when when I'll ask doctors and I'll say, well, what is the mechanism of stress killing? And they'll look at me like i have grown a third head. So it's it's like, well, what do you mean? Okay, let's think about this. Stress kills and there's a natural off button of the heart that's connected to the top of the thoracic area. Now this is literally the mechanism of how stress kills. Like you know you've seen in the movies, if somebody has a heart attack, they grab their left arm, left jaw, everything. Because the heart's located on the left side of the body and the left diaphragm, the breathing muscle where the heart sits on, is connected to the left trapezius. What's interesting is the right side is connected to the right trapezius. And on this side is where the liver is and the gallbladder. So when you're talking Uh, Gallbladder issues or stress issues, because under physical, chemical, or emotional stress, the liver um, produces these stress hormones. You know, epinephrine, norepinephrine, cortisol, all of these are produced. Duction production of this um, causes the liver to work harder, and that increases tone of the right trapezius. Now, it's something because the center of that right trapezius, the shoulder muscle, is attached right directly to T1 through T4, and that's the sympathetic nerve supply to the heart. So under stress, more stress, more stress, more stress, that liver's gotta gotta process these stress hormones. The adrenaline, epinephrine, norepinephrine, um, the the cortisol, all that stuff. So the body works harder and harder and harder, increasing the tone of that right trapezius. Now when we look at um, x-rays, we can see a massive rotation in that area. And that usually indicates a high-stress lifestyle and areas that may be dangerous because that T1 through T4, if that gets pulled over so far, the body could fire a sympathetic charge down to the heart, putting the heart in ventricular fibrillation, stopping the heart. And that's literally how heart attacks occur. See, when they're looking at heart attacks, about 80% of the time, there's not sufficient blood clogging or arterial clogging in order to limit oxygen. Now, so we've, we've got to actually change our view of what a heart attack is. And heart attacks do not happen slow like a clogged artery. Breathing difficulties, all of these are clues that your body isn't getting enough oxygen. So you could go in, you could check your blood, you could check your your structure, check the nervous system. There's a lot of things you could do. Um, now, when we look at what a normal heart rate is, normal is between 60 to 100 beats per minute. And these are gonna be more of like a resting. Um, tachycardia or fast heart rate is over 100. <laughs> Tachycardia is less than 60. So normal is 60 to 100. Too slow as is that is, is below 60. Too much is over 100. Now, now there's types of arrhythmias, and this is it's interesting because doctors classify arrhythmias not only by where they originate, like the atrium or ventricle, but also by the speed of the heart rate they cause. So tachycardia, it's, it's going to be in the atrium and it means that there's a chaotic, that's what tribulation means, a chaotic electrical impulse. Now remember, the medical world, they're not gonna look at the sympathetic parasympathetic nerve supply to the heart. They're just saying that the heart has a chaotic impulse. What's the cause of that? Unknown. Okay, so then there's atrial flutter, there's supraventricular tachycardia, and tachycardias in the ventricles are dangerous. Ventricular tachycardia means the main pump, the part that, that forces this blood out into the rest of the body. This is where the big muscles are on the bottom of the heart. Um, you get ventricular fibrillation. That gets um, significant differences in physiology, like major danger um, if if you get ventricular tachycardia. But again, remember that the heart has two nerve supplies, sympathetic and parasympathetic. Now, what kind of treatments are done from the medical world? Well, medications, they'll give you antiarrhythmic ones. They can do cardioversion, ablation, pacemaker, defibrillator, implanter. So let's look at those. Okay, now, side effects, let's just take Cordero. And this is an antiarrhythmic medication. Now, remember, every medication causes or um, can cause... The symptom it's designed to treat. This means cardiac arrhythmias. Uh, the side effect of it? Yes, you got it. Fast or slow or pounding heartbeats, feeling like you might pass out, chest pain, trouble breathing, coughing up blood. These are all side effects from a drug that help that that is supposed to help with cardiac arrhythmias. And you know, of course, then you get all the effects: the tremor, the shaking, loss of coordination. Heart failure is a side effect of this. And I know it sounds crazy to take a drug for cardiac arrhythmias and that can cause heart failure. That's it, and in fact, when you look at Cordarone on the warning label, it says potential fatal toxicities can exacerbate arrhythmia. And this says it in all the different types of medication. Of course, you have another choice, cardioversion, This is gonna shock um, the heart back into rhythm. And again, instead of looking at the natural nerve supply to the heart, the medical world is gonna put two electric pads on you and shout clear and zap you back um, to hopefully change the irregular rhythm into a normal rhythm. Instead of looking at why you have that normal rhythm. I know, yep. It's crazy. There's not just insanity in the government. There's insanity in the medical world. Now, uh, cardioversion. This is electrical shocks to the heart. Now they got to do it in a hospital because um, when you do this, uh, you're 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 putting electricity through the chest and side of a human being that has a heart that's working. And the, the idea is to interrupt that so that it changes to a new rate and rhythm. I know what you're thinking about, gee, what could possibly go wrong? Well, dislodged blood clots uh, uh, can cause life-threatening stroke. Some people undergo cardioversion, end up with other heart rhythm problems before, during, after the procedure, um, the New England Journal of Medicine did a follow-up. Uh, the atrial fibrillation follow-up investigation of rhythm management. Okay, it's called the AFFIRM study. That's A-F-F-I-R-M. 4,000 patients aged 65 and over. Brilliant study. They were randomized to receive either rhythm control using electric cardioversion and medications or... Uh, the rate control using drugs, such as beta blockers or digoxin. Now, you might be wondering what they found. Well, to the surprise of the investigators, the primary outcome mortality was worse in the rhythm group, has secondary outcomes such as hospitalizations and serious arrhythmias. The caveat to this was that the use of antiarrhythmic drugs was associated with increased mortality, That's right, taking the drug, getting shocked, uh, you actually die quicker. There's another uh, article came out in 2008, New England Journal of Medicine, that said uh, out of 1,376 patients who were randomized to rhythm control comprising cardioversion within six weeks of randomization, additional cardioversions were needed as well. Rate control with adjusted doses of beta block or digoxin. So cardioversions are not effective. Um, What they found, and there's the quote in the article, in patients with atrial fibrillation and congestive heart failure, a routine strategy of rhythm control does not reduce rate of death from cardiovascular causes. Gee, so you might die during the procedure, and it doesn't really have a long-term positive effect. I know, what could go wrong? I know, let's try another one, catheter ablation. Uh, Ablation, okay, now this is according to the Mayo Clinic, is a procedure to scar or destroy tissue in your heart that is allowing incorrect electrical signals or abnormal rhythm. Now, you can take a a break in in a chill pill and think, does anyone have the common sense to say, why is this happening? I mean, you know, you looked at the causes in the original, or in the, the start of this talk. And sure enough, smoking, why? Because that could uh, negatively affect the blood vessel or, uh, blood cells. It's also vasoconstrictive. If you're taking chemicals in there, it can cause the blood cells to clump together. So that's not, blood doesn't clot, but it does clump in the arteries. Uh, you can see why drinking or nutrient deficience can cause it. That makes sense as well. So there's a lot of reasoning behind it. None of it is that you've got a heart that starts before you're born. This baby is going from like five weeks on, okay, after, after conception. And it doesn't stop until you do, and that can go to 120 years. So no one is looking at why. Why is this not functioning correctly? And I'll tell you, if you go to a chiropractor that's skilled, they're gonna look at the sympathetic and parasympathetic supply. And that makes a hell of a lot more sense. Because when you look at this, the risk of putting a wire inside of your heart and burning nerves, okay, for one, bleeding at the site, damage to your heart, puncture of the heart, damages your heart electrical system, which could worsen it, requiring you to, to get a pacemaker, increase heart attack or stroke. Uh, I mean, come on. You got the Journal of the American College of Cardiology. They're saying the risk of sudden death is highest within two days after the procedure. Conclusion, sudden death likely or possibly related to catheter ablation occurs in around 2.1% of the population of the people that get the procedure. Uh, you know, how about you really find out what's going on with that? Um, you know, what's, what's going on with um, the, the nerve supply to the heart? Well, let's look at pacemaker, because that's the other medical intervention. A pacemaker, it's a a device, it's put underneath the chest on the left-hand side usually, and it generates an electrical impulse. Now this pacemaker is put in um, the, the vein that goes back to the heart, and it leads into the right atrium and it's called the superior vena cava, and it just goes through the tricuspid build and is jammed in the floor of the right ventricle. So this valve closes over this for the rest of your life. Now, um, according to the National Institute of Health, um, this device uses electrical pulses to prompt the heart to beat at a normal rate. And according to the National Institute of Health, uh, they're thinking faulty electrical signals cause heart arrhythmias. Now, a pacemaker can slow the heart rhythm or speed it up. Uh, it, it coordinates the electrical signal between the upper and lower chambers of the heart. According to the Mayo Clinic, though, they say where the infection of the pacemaker is implanted, that's a risk. Allergic reaction, swelling, bruising at the generator site, damage to your blood vessels, and collapse of the lung. None of those are really good. But it's interesting, from the Daily Mail now, this is going back to 2016, a third of unexpected deaths occurred with pa- um, with patients with pacemakers um, could be caused by malfunction. The scientists say there isn't evidence that implants could be a leading cause of mortality, And Warren, the findings are a major concern. More than 40,000 patients are fitted with pacemakers in the United Kingdom a year. Uh, I know. So wouldn't you think that, hey, maybe there's a big deal? I figure 14,000 patients a year die in the UK after having been fitted with a pacemaker. Um, Half die suddenly and having been in relatively good health. This means that the figures discovered by American researchers also applies to this country. The implants would be to blame for more than 2,000 deaths a year. Uh, now, here, here's another one. Professor Zhang Zin, who led research published in the Journal of the American Medical Association, JAMA, uh, quote, this study shows that a leasing cause of mortality in the developing world could be attributed to the heart device problems. That's pacemakers, and he goes on to say, in many cases, these devices are saving lives, but we assume they're infallible, and they are not. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's pacemaker recalls, according to the Canadian Journal of Cardiology, the Netherlands Heart Journal. There's evidence that prolonged, um, uh, let me see, what is this? There, here, let me hear Here's the quote. There is accumulating evidence that prolonged stimulation of the right ventricle apex is associated with clinical significant adverse events. So now figure this pacemaker, this wire is jammed in the floor of the right ventricle and the valve closes over it and you get this abnormal um, or artificial electrical impulse into that muscle and that it has to close over that valve, and you're getting this muscle that has already a natural nerve supply overriding it. And I know what you're saying. What could possibly go wrong? Well, uh, there is evidence that prolonged right ventricular apical pacing is not only bad for your heart, but it's bad for your health, according to the Netherlands Heart Journal. And we're going to run through a couple of more case studies that are hugely important, um, but also what to do. Okay, when you have um, a cardiac arrhythmias or abnormal heart rate, for goodness sake, go to a corrective chiropractor and get x-rays and check that area. And if you see a rotation or an angulation at T1 through T4, that is a contributing factor. If you see forward head carriage, where the, the body is forward, heads forward, and um, there's pressure on the brain stem, or there could be a reverse curve of the neck. There's gonna be a lot of signs of x-ray symptoms or that, that show an alteration in nerve supply to the heart. And then what do you do? When a person's under stress, if they have an autonomic imbalance, this means they could have a pelvis issue, putting the low-functioning parasympathetic, and that is the key. That is where heart attacks happen. Uh, So if you're thinking about cardiac arrhythmias, if you've had atrial flutter, if you've had anything, the only solution, go to a corrective chiropractor and get stress x-rays as well as static x-rays. And you've got to check your autonomic nervous system because when you're looking at heart attacks, the number one cause of a heart attack is a low functioning parasympathetic nervous system. And that can be found really, really easy in a heart rate variability study. We do them on every patient in our office. It takes around three and a half minutes where we're measuring this, um, the electrical activity of the heart and it tells us if the heart is stable and healthy and it's gonna last or if there, there's a challenge. But let me tell you, the challenge with heart problems is never medication deficiency. You're not um, having an abnormal nerve supply because, you know, this heart that is designed to last 120 years and never stop is just all of a sudden malfunctioning. None of that makes sense. Now, could you have had a trauma, like a whiplash trauma, um, some kind of football injury, some kind of martial arts injury, altering the neck, which all the muscles that support the head stop at that T1 through T4 area, which is the sympathetic nerve supply to the heart. And then you've got the base of the brain there, which could be injured in whiplash traumas. Um, If you're looking at your cell phone or looking down, say you're an office worker all day long, all of those biomechanic activities alter that nerve supply that supplies the heart. Forward head carriage rounding, and and you could even look in the mirror. If this, if you're looking at the side of your body, and you see a bump right at the base of your neck, okay, not in the neck, but below the neck, you can call it a buffalo's hump. That buffalo's hump, I can guarantee you, is protecting the nerves that supply the heart. This is hugely important because that means that above that buffalo's hump, you're going to see a loss occur. Forward head carriage, some type of structural deviation. So, for goodness' sake, if you're concerned about the heart, um, get some stress X-rays of that area. If you want to wait till you have a problem before you look at it, um, I'm going to slap you, okay? Because it's just a good idea. You, you know, you're going to check the oil in your car before it starts smoking. So look at your body. Just take care of it. Realize that there's a little bit of care in feeding with the body. You put healthy nutrients in the system. You get good, healthy exercise, good, healthy rest. Make sure you look at your nervous system and, and look at digestion. When people come in with cardiac arrhythmias, I'm telling you the first thing I ask them is how many bowel wounds a day do they get? bitching. Okay, if it's two to three, fantastic. If they say one, if they're lucky, we know they're in a stressed state and their rest, digest, and repair isn't functioning correctly. If it, 100% of the people will say, look, how are you sleeping? And I just talked to this one gal yesterday. Oh, really good. Okay, are you getting up at night to pee? Well, yeah, occasionally. Are you waking up with tons of energy or you're fatigued? Oh, fatigued. Okay, so you know, let's not BS yourself. Look at how you sleep, your physiology, and then there's only three things we've got to fix to fix your heart. Physical stress, chemical stress, and emotional stress. And it can be that easy. It seems too simple, but it can be that easy. Look at your body as intelligent. You're made in the image and likeness of God if you read those old books, which I think they're really cool. It makes sense. I mean to know that you're actually designed to live here. Of course, when you talk to the you know average psychotic, you know 30-something that's wearing a mask, that's scared to breathe around other people, we're we're living in a bizarre time. So just realize that you were designed to live here. Your body gives symptoms for a reason. You don't need to be afraid of if anything runs in your family, Uh, but take care of yourself. Look at how your body is sleeping, your energy, and look at the three factors. Physical stress, that's identified on an x-ray, and evidence on how you sleep, uh, wake up, and your energy level. Look at your emotional stress. That's huge, because if you're looking at the society or news, your emotions are going to be in a sympathetic dominant state, and that's not going to be conducive to a healthy heart. And then look at your chemical stressors. This means if you're going to take coffee, make sure it's organic. Uh, if, and one of my patients was smoking three packs of cigarettes a day. I told him, don't stop. And why? Because, he, you know, every doctor is going to tell him to stop. I said, go over, get some organic tobacco, roll your own. That man went from three packs a day of toxic, chemically-laden tobacco to about 12 cigarettes a day that he rolled of organic tobacco. It's a good change. So all this will be put on uh, YouTube, Facebook, and that Dr. B VIP tonight. Um, take care of your health. God bless you, and I love you. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Haha, in my dentist's office.